0: Da, 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 the Finley. The Finley. The Finley. Hey Tommy. Mm, hey Pukeface. How are you?
1: Um, what's your um, experience of silent film?
0: My experience of silent film uh, until very recently has been incredibly limited. Uh, yeah. Typically, silent films bore the living crap out of me. Why? probably because i like the sound i mean i like i like dialogue and movies have always sort of moved me you know move the movies that i like are moved forward by dialogue as much as anything else okay. so you know i'm i'm really i love dialogue and i made the mistake of watching a couple of silent films that were classics but had to be but had to be restored mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you've ever seen a movie called metropolis no i never have ooh god damn that's hard to watch really it really is. It really is. It's German. It's a German expressionist uh, uh, movie. It's uh, just incredibly overacted. You can see it has that quality of Citizen Kane where you go like, oh, okay, this was the first to do that, and this is very uh, and that was very, you know, very cool. And really, like, the, the cityscapes that they drew for, like, their supposed future are still being th- those images are still drawn on today. Like, the giant, the super highways with, you know, 90 lanes and all this kind of stuff. Um,
1: Wait, just to pause here. You're not suggesting that Citizen Kane, while it was pioneering, fails while it's being pioneering?
0: No, but I think Citizen Kane is better appreciated if you can keep in mind the pioneering aspects of it. Hmm. okay. Yeah. Uh, and that is, uh, and that, is, that is not as true with this. I mean, there are some really amazing... Uh, like effects, like very practical effects that they were the that, that the utilized in this movie. Yeah, um, but the acting is so sort of grotesquely over the top, and the 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 the, the underlying message is so grotesquely overdone it, it, that it just it just turned me off. It turned me off, and the same thing with I saw Nosferatu, and I had a, and a very similar thing. It's like. You know those German silent films? God damn! I know people who love them and yeah. can watch the living shit out of them. Sure. and I can't do it, man. God damn! It. There's a tra- there's a uh, train
1: in the background. Can you hear the train?
0: I can hear it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's the train of my expectations. That's Tom,
1: <laughs> Tom's train of thought. That's what that's what that is. Maybe. It's our first like wacky morning
0: radio uh, if sound. You could see my eyes going back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine style. <laughs> oh God! It's our Topham hat. Th- mm, yes. Um, no, I just I found them dreadful and boring. And I yeah. really I, I literally I watched I went to a theater to watch like, you know, the extended cut version of Metropolis. And I really I fell asleep during the damn thing. And, and by the way, that's commonly a problem with me in silent films, too.
1: Well, I, I get it. I mean, I, I I get that experience of it. I, I wonder if um some of my appreciation for silent films early on
0: um, has to do with your solitude as a child. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, totally. Actually, honestly, really, it does. <laughs> the interesting story. One of the mm-hmm. one of the first um, experiences with film that I ever had was when I was five. Um, I, made, I made I um, made a f- Robinson Crusoe film, and I made it by doing a flip film. You know, mm-hmm. you you so that the cartoon figures move. Uh-huh. And so I did a, a like a I got a um, a board with a hundred sheets of paper on it, and and redid Robinson Crusoe. And put it on in the hall, the doorway of the hallway of mm-hmm. my house, and then put two seats and made my parents sit in the dark, and my mother shine a flashlight on the door, <laughs> as I as I flipped through <laughs> the the movie. Wow, yeah, I know it was pretty adorable. Flashlightable no, as a kid. books. <laughs> cool, yeah, yeah, your parents also, eyes I, are just rolling. I'd never die- seen. Eagles. Oh yeah, I, I'd never <laughs> seen or read Robinson Crusoe. I just I just knew it was about a guy in an island, so I just did my own version <laughs> of it. <laughs>
0: So you were like uh, you were like the uh, the Bay uh, the Michael Bay of uh, yeah of movie adaptations early. Well,
1: so then yeah. So the other thing I was thinking with with, with why I appreciate <laughs> Fuck, that's not a
0: bad artistic thing to do. Fun. I'm sorry, I'm kind of intrigued by this notion. Of we can get a camera now and do, actually just do do like flip film movies. Yeah, be cool. oh, I used to
1: love them. The, the books that would have like Bugs Bunny at yeah. the bottom corner and you could flip to the book and you could yeah. go backwards and forwards. Before... Anyway, yeah. so um, the other thing about silent films is that immediately they strike me as you. It, I don't know if the word is auteur. I mean, I know the word auteur. I don't know mm-hmm. if it applies here. But but the idea that you can see film technique so um, obviously in yeah. silent films. And to me, it's that's the part of me. Like, you're the historian, but the part of me that likes history and sees film as history. Mm-hmm. So I just read this really um, interesting, to me interesting. So get ready to, to if you're on a road trip, just... You don't want to crash. out of boredom. No, it will <laughs> be bored. We'll
0: just die. <laughs>
1: so, is that I read this? Um, well, wait for it.
0: Strap in. <laughs> Look for that petrified forestry. It's a hit. study oh, of oh, 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 oh.
1: twenty twenty sequential shots from Birth of a Nation and like what they mean. So mm-hmm. it's like things like match cuts and ah. and all these sort of ways of 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 cutting so that you increase the tension in the film. Right mm-hmm. that that. Supposedly, D.W. Griffith, Griffith um, pioneered mm-hmm. in all these ways, but, but you know what I, what I discovered is, and this leads into today, today's episode, is that he really was not the pioneer. In fact, mm-hmm. there were pioneers who, um, in, in Hollywood, actually in New Jersey originally, mm-hmm. in the film industry, um, who started everything, who yeah. invented all of these sort of ways of doing films,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and were immediately dismissed, and this is gonna shock people, they were women. Oh, ladies. These ladies who Little pioneered ladies. filmmaking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and were just like uh, popular for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then men took were like, we'll take over, sweetie. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> these ladies were cast
0: <laughs> you, aside. You know, we could use some muffins in here. Yeah, can that. you go get us
1: some coffee now that you've pioneered this filmmaking <laughs> technique for us, please? Um, and so uh. I, I learned about this recently, and I'm probably late to the game. I'm sure there are film students who are like, yeah, dummy. Go <laughs> stick your head in the oven, you, you fuck face. Let's move into feminist Uh, silent films, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, I really am the worst. I swear (laughs) to God. I taught a a, a humanities course a few years ago. Huge huge humanities. And I... I got a hold of all these silent Shakespeare films, like going back to like 1904 and 1898. So it's like the a, a 25 minute version of like Hamlet, and I thought it'd be so cool. I, Tom, I had to stand by the door to keep people from from leaving that class. <laughs> so this whole episode, by the way, yeah,
0: well, there like footprints up one side of you and down the other. This might be one of those
1: episodes where we see that we get almost no plays, and and yeah. I'm fucking okay with.
0: I'm that. okay with it too. I think I really, but I do want to. You know, the caveat here is that we're 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 stepping out. From our normal here, okay. Normally, yeah. we're talking about movies that we know really well. Yeah, one way or the other, we're we're completely out. Uh, I'm completely out. And and I have to say, what I was saying about silent films earlier, yeah. my dislike of them, yeah. is different now. Yeah, because of what we watch. That's
1: kind of. like, I mean, we're we're sort of and, and oh, go becoming on. students here. Go go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, we're students. And at the same time, uh, and, and for what, sort of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. the historical, like watching these. Watching things go, okay. So here's one of the things that I like about watching these movies yeah. is that, and and now that I now that I have this appreciation, I'm going to go back and watch more silent movies. Yeah, they had nothing to go by. No, they were making a, they were making totally up a making a it up as new, they went along. They were not just making up an art. They were making up the art of the 20th century. Right at the time, they were just what, what do we do exactly? I mean, it's now it's all formulaic, and now it's. It's you know at its best we take a novel and turn we yeah. make a movie that's a novel. But before this, yeah, there were there were options for and I and I saw this. There was this uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, the, the man with the the man with the camera. It's mm-hmm. a Russian uh, mm-hmm. impressionistic, um, not impressionistic, but it's a what do you call that collage, yeah, sort of based movie. And it's just... And, it, and it's just all these little images put together. And one of the things that's great about the silent era is that they were just figuring out. There were no, you know, like it was all brand new. Yeah. It was a brand new canvas totally. on, on which to paint. And, and so nobody knew exactly what to do with it. And so it, people did all kinds of things with it.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that's what's great about being marginalized. And mm-hmm. I think being new often means you're marginalized for a while. It's, mm-hmm. it's, your, it's the, the most creative moment. In any sort of industry or, or
0: artistic sort of endeavor, absolutely. My favorite, one of my favorite writers of all time, is this guy named Jim Thompson, mm-hmm. who lived. He was just a pulp writer. He was simply yeah. a pulp writer, and so he got away with some experimental shit. Yeah. In in the pulp writing world, because nobody was there to tell him no. Right. They were they were selling books. Well, by Gertrude the town. Stein
1: is sort of the same way. Like you know, I'm not a fan of Gertrude Stein, but but she you know this woman who's sort of marginalized as an artist or a writer, so she writes these sort of really
0: interesting. <laughs> she made a mean cup of coffee and a muffin.
1: So, um,
0: anyway, so I guess a muffin room of one's own.
1: A muffin room of one's own. <laughs> oh, it wow. Suck
0: a lot. Okay, Virginia Woolf. Yeah, I wish you were a silent film right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get eyeballs.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we. Uh, the idea that like um, originally, when people were making, you know, narrative film, was that you had sort of one shot, this huge sort of canvas, mm-hmm. and so everything had to happen within the shot, and so people came along. Uh, and, and D.W. Griffith gets credit for this, but, but people like our first um, artist here, um, Lois Weber, mm-hmm. um, did things like, well, okay, so if, if someone's chasing someone, rather than have them just sort of chasing each other in this one shot, how about have um, sort of match points so that you cut back and forth between people and then show them together in a shot to sort of see how the chase has gone? So the tension's Ooh. created about how the chase is going, or things like the iris shot, uh, iris shot, which is that famous uh-huh. sort of thing from old films where the sort of the circle gets smaller and you focus in on something. Was right. this initial way of showing point of view or, mm-hmm. or a point of interest to a particular protagonist or something like that? Yeah, I'm fucking boring myself right now. But the no, point is, is that no, I really appreciate so. this, this sort of pioneering in filmmaking. And, and our first, we're, we're doing an episode today where we actually take a look at two um, filmmakers. And the first one is is Lois Weber, mm-hmm. um, who was Um, a a woman who was known as a sort of um, blockbuster filmmaker in the teens. And the way she started was that she was um, a street corner evangelist. Um, Yes. And she was...
0: um, uh, She wanted to expand the scope of her evangelism, in a sense. So
1: she started as a a stage actress, actually, and, Mm -hmm. and then transitioned over into filmmaking. And she was so successful and so pioneering that immediately she's making... She's writing, directing, producing, starring, and she's like the Barbra Streisand of the silent era in Mm -hmm. that sense. All these films, and she's commanding like $5,000 a week in Uh, like 1914 or something like that.
0: I would love to do that now so badly. Oh, yeah.
1: So all these films that she made, and she made Mm -hmm. like 400 films or something like that, all these films are like personal morality projects.
0: Exactly, they are. are. There's this extension of her morality into... Like I said, she was this evangelist, and she wanted to reach the wider audience. Yeah. Well, what's you know, let's get on a stage, and what's the best stage? The one you don't even have to peer on. You can send a print of something. Yeah. And so these people, they, when they did silent films, they did shorts, they did longs, they did all these different, they're, yep. these entirely different formats. Uh-huh. And this one uh, movie is called um, "Where Are My Children?"
1: from 1916. Yeah. From and the, so the topics
0: 1916. are World War One is going on at this time.
1: Yes, and she makes this seventy or so minute, you know, long feature mm-hmm. about. Well, I, I mean, is she a feminist in the way she is? I mean, in that a feminist isn't really just one thing. There are pro life and pro choice feminists, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And so she's um, advocating for. Um, uh, well, she talks about class, the class system, first of all. That's a big issue for her. Not in this particular film, but capital punishment is an issue. Race is an issue. In this film, birth control is an issue and abortion is an issue, as well as class. The
0: essential essential issues are birth control and... Uh, and abortion as well, but yeah. but and but 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 again, it's so funny because it's it's 1916, and it's yeah. couched in the terms of the time, which is which was this was the time period when eugenics was becoming very a very popular concept, for right? People. No, by the way, fuck Germany, nowhere more so than the United That's States. That's true. Yes, nowhere more so. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so so she she starts off the conver- the conversation uh, with her with a with this um, was a district attorney who yeah. is making this this notation that if we could control. You know, uh, if we if we could control who gets born, we yep. wouldn't have the criminal class, for instance. And that was a big thing back then. Yeah, I mean, he, so she's putting it up on the table for discussion.
1: He stops by like um, Skid Row or something in the beginning and, mm-hmm. and shows a palette. of look at, look at the dregs of society. If only we'd have we have birth control, we could sort of manage this, which is yeah, radical. Yeah. Sort of, I guess I'm air quoting this progressive point of view in 1916. But
0: that's but so what I'm talking about is is in this sense when, when I was talking earlier about how there were no roadmaps for movies. Yeah, this is like I said, it's a morality play. This is pure. Totally. This is a this is her. It's a propagandist piece. Let's be honest. Oh, for sure. Um, couched as a feature movie. You yeah. you would have a hard time pulling something like this off today unless you're Michael Moore.
1: Oh boy. But but then but also it's 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 the it's parallel with. This sort of progressive point of view and about well, progressive, not eugenics isn't progressive necessarily, but the idea that birth control has something to do with, you know, society and crime and so forth. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's this sort of metaphor, this kind of the one low point of the movie I would say is this constant metaphor. About um, the children of heaven, the ones who make it and the ones who don 't, and this awful shot of like heaven 's uh, gate opening and closing yeah, in this cartoonish but, fashion but
0: but okay, so you call it an awful shot, and I call it yeah, it is by today 's standards, sure. but at the time that was like yeah. that must have been cutting edge stuff, and the fact that they did mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, double exposures,
1: yeah having like
0: a little angel 's face uh, like appearing on somebody 's shoulders, oh like yeah, that, that must have been mind blowing at the time I, mean, I guess it was, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. this was this was again, this is all part of that sort of pioneering spirit. Now, there's this one thing I really want to point out. You are talking about this and this is kind of exciting. Oh, my hands are going again. Yeah. Tom gets
1: excited and he starts doing like a, he has um, the reins of a horse. Which yes. is a, yeah.
0: The, I prefer to think of it as the tears of a horse. Hello, horseshoe. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that meant. I have no idea uh, what he just meant. Man, Can just we abort that comment, yes, please? Yes, and bro, yes. Can we apply and, eugenics to hey, your jokes. Man, hand jazz. Okay, uh, jazz. okay. Hand jazz. Hand Fuck. jazz. Dude, wow. you're up. on fire today. I am fiery. Uh, <sighs> okay. Go ahead. So, so you were saying there's this there's this thing. Okay. So uh, there, okay, there's the husband. He's the DA. Yes. I mean, he's into he's into this concept of eugenics. Um, but he really wants children. He
1: wants children personally. Yeah, he he yeah. looks. We get those sort of shots of sorry to interrupt, but of him longingly looking across the neighbor's
0: lawn at children in a which, very which creepy scene, fashion. <laughs> actually, but had a totally different meaning today.
1: Yeah, but he just oh, only he and his wife. Get, but she's, she's apparently a baron,
0: a barren lady. But she's apparently not a barren lady. She does How do want, we know that? Because uh, uh, she's. You you go ahead.
1: Well, the the one of the sort of initial points of the film is that she it's uh, pro-abortion, right? Well, she she has an abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She herself finally does get pregnant, and she's talking to her sort of socialite friends. And this is where the class issue comes in, because she's a lady of leisure, mm-hmm. being the wife of a district attorney, and and she's having some sort of party, and and it's it's intimated that some of her friends know of a way to sort of take care of this business. Right, 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 right. But now here's Lois Weber coming in because the, the, the title card for the dialogue comes in and it's like, so that she can become a social butterfly again, so that she can have this abortion, so that she can, you know, right. go day drinking with her friends in a very mm-hmm. Sex in the City nineteen sixteen fashion. <laughs> so, so it's it's really kind of unfair. It's obviously
0: unfair, but which, which means I think you bring your your uh, your your servants bring you a Manhattan or something,
1: uh, right? Yeah. But it's like, sort of like yeah, you have the district attorney who who advocates for you know eugenics or birth control on a political but level, but children. who wants children himself. And whose w- wife appears to be barren, but in fact gets pregnant and then has an abortion
0: herself secretly. And this is what I was talking about, like technique wise. One of the things that, that was really interesting, and this is like te- using technique to tell a story in another way. Uh huh. Okay. Which is, he's looking, he's looking longingly at children, and he gets into a car and he's driving off one direction yep. to the right. Yeah. And it cut to her. And she and he's talking about, uh, he's talking about he's talking about like you know having children, and mm-hmm. she's like basically rolling her eyes. Yeah. On the other side, and cut to her getting into a car heading in the other direction. Right. It's a neat little, of course, artistic way to show sure. the variance of, of of perspective by doing that kind of thing.
1: And the way Weber puts together the whole scene where she goes in to get the abortion is, it, she it's clearly a film that's anti-abortion, but it is at the same time, um, uh. Really not pointing the finger at these at these men or mm-hmm. these doctors who
0: perform these back alley abortions. Yeah, not, uh, not ultimately not unsympathetic to the women. Yeah, getting no, getting the abortions either. You know? No,
1: she's, she's she's actually pretty empathetic for being as evangelical as she is. Right. Um, even though those areas where I clearly disagree with her politics, her mm-hmm. sort of pro life stance and so forth, <sighs> I, I think she's fair for her time. Yeah, yeah, she, and she uses the the medium of film to sort of to really examine. Issues in a, in a fuller way. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, and then so class rears its ugly head again because um, the, the wife, who's sort of got rid of this child so she could be a social butterfly again, quotes around yeah, that. The housekeeper's daughter, for some reason, uh, is sent to live with the family. Mm-hmm and the district attorney's brother-in-law who's the creepiest little... what f- in the fuck f- fuck is that dude like what the- he's just, this is wafy, he's like gollum <laughs> he looks like a, a, a sort of like teen's version of gollum and he
0: cannot like look at a woman without like staring straight into her vagina <laughs> he
1: if you could imagine Schmiegel with like a bowler hat and a scott joplin soundtrack that's <sighs> what we're looking at here
0: yeah and he's just a lecherous Disgusting. (laughs) So
1: he he gets the, um, he impregnates the daughter of the housekeeper. Mm -hmm. And so here we see, okay, another chance for abortion. Same abortion doctor, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Only this time it goes badly. Of course. And the housekeeper's daughter dies as a result of the termination of the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And the district attorney, of course, swoops in to prosecute his brother in law. Well, no, the abortion doctor. Oh, of course. And the abortion doctor um is it has some blackmail on him because he has provided the abortion for the district attorney's own wife mm. and so that hence it's candles. a it's a great soap opera and yeah. a, you know but it's but what's amazing is not that story I mean mm-hmm. that story is interesting um what's what's interesting also is um Lois Weber's politics and her backstory but it's also like how does the techniques she uses to create to I was leaning forward to the screen like several times like no mm-hmm. yes no it's 1916 and I'm on the edge of my seat yeah. about what's going to happen next and then of course um, the title really where are my children are comes from I... the fact that now the district attorney's wife can no longer have children mm-hmm. even though she's had a quote unquote successful abortion right. and there's that sort of like overlay I forget what you called it before but when you overlay
0: one image over oh, another uh, it's um. Oh shit! I said the well, word earlier. I can't remember. I don't know what it is, but you see, you person. see
1: the, the sort of ghost like apparition mm. of like potential children appear and then disappear, and then you see them sort of age through yeah. time lapse
0: photography, <laughs> and it's very you
1: know dramatic. But they're they sitting the alone. The techniques
0: are so primitive, but they're like they're like effective, and you can see how they'd be very effective. At well, the
1: time. that's the thing. I mean, no one can tell me in 2017 can get me to sympathize with like that couple. She had an abortion, and now they're childless. That's not something that gets my sympathy, and yet she did somehow in 1916. And then I guess you... It's historical context and everything else. But I, I thought it was a, a really interesting film.
0: It really was. It was a very interesting film. Now, the, now the clip I saw did not have any music. Had, there, there was no yeah. soundtrack. So it was all silent all the time. I was just watching this thing.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, so that was, uh, that was a little bit challenging for yeah. me. But, um, well, yeah. I'm
1: a Philistine. I mean, in, in the sense that... Well, yeah. No, no, just stop. Just you in know, general. To, <laughs> just don't, no don't qualify that. Well, in the, in the sense of, of silent films, um, if I watch them on YouTube or something, mm-hmm. like... Um, the film we're going to talk about next had a, had a soundtrack that I thought was wholly
0: inappropriate attached to it. It, just yeah, it was, make... but, I, but I enjoyed it, but I, but I still needed it. You know what I do? Me.
1: Whenever it's a... Uh, I just match. I just turn the sound down mm-hmm. on the original one, and then I just go find a, another soundtrack, and I just add my own soundtrack.
0: Oh, nice. you put on like Pink Floyd's The Wall and
1: watch it backwards? So <laughs> that was Lois Weber's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> where are my children from 1916? Uh, I'm really excited about this next one. I got to be honest, man. M- Mabel
1: Mickey. Normand. Yes,
0: um, Mabel Normand with uh, Mickey.
1: Yeah, the film Mickey from 1918. That's the one, by the way, I just want to uh, proceed it by saying that's the one where I turned. They had a, a, a terrible sort of um, classical soundtrack to this comedic picture mm-hmm, comedic mm-hmm. picture It was somebody's 90 mm-hmm. um so i just turned down the the, the sound are these comedic flickers we was yeah. watching? watching <laughs> nickelodeon i turned out that sound and then just put some ragtime in the background that, that was more appropriate I
0: mean, to it oh god that's the other thing to talk about too is the way they like like some of the production companies yeah. that they handmade in the day, yeah. Nickelodeon Studios and, and things like that, were just like oh, they, they were just making up words because there were no words. Oh for yeah, them. yeah, so, yeah. You know, this is the pioneering days of the, of the art form. Yeah, there were no words for things, so they they came up with these these absurd made up words for. You Know for for Bibi and none, none of them, but like, like I said, the Nickelodeon uh, yeah. studios or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, just, just those those things that's always really uh, fucking weird to me. Uh, but Mickey, uh, was I think was great. For, God damn, God, first off, I had a crush on
1: well, uh, Mabel, Mabel, um, uh, Mabel Normand ben. is yeah. uh, uh, she looks like a, a Alicia Silverstone. She looks is it Silverstone or Steen? Silverstone, Silverstein, yeah, Stein. no, stone, no, stone,
0: stone yeah, stone. Yeah, because I remember, like, earlier... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Not Jewish at all. By the way,
1: not al- <laughs> this makes us sound older, I guess. Like,
0: who was that? Uh, Julia Ruberts? That- <laughs> old guys talking about old hot chicks. Ugh. She actually... But, but with a hairdo, she kind of reminded me, like... Uh, she looked hipster-ish to me. Yeah, like, I would. I could totally see that hair in a coffee shop. Yeah. like grudgingly pushing a, a latte across the uh, fucking counter to me.
1: But Na- Mabel uh, you know, Norman was a, an early sort of like she she preceded apparently like Charlie Chaplin, Fatty Arbuckle as as a comedic actress, and mm-hmm. she had this sort of like physical pratfall she presence to her that was amazing. She had
0: a wonderful delivery. Yeah, like even her eye rolling was yeah. was just amazing. Like there's this whole. Uh, oh god that one uh the 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 scene at like right at the beginning uh-huh. Where she's afraid that her uh, the person raising her because she's she's an orphan because it was 1918 yeah uh, and you know uh, so so she so the person she's who's raising her this guy yeah in a cabin he, she's worried he's gonna strap her yeah she, she disobeyed him yes and so her antics just trying to get rid of the goddamn strap so he couldn't do yeah, it. yeah it's like a two minute segment of her weird. getting
1: rid of the strap
0: that he's gonna beat her with he, like, which I, I guess the... is
1: 1918
0: humor <laughs> it was but it was still funny yeah like, it really so was came like I, what did she end up feeding it to the dog or some guy a donkey kid? yeah was it right? Yeah, doggy, just like her feeding it to a doggy, and just her like, just her use of her eyes was yeah. amazing during the time because because he's looking for the strap and she's like got it behind her back and she's like, Whoa. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the oh.
1: premise, of course, is that she is um an orf an orphan. I mean, she's she's I don't know, seventeen or eighteen, I mm-hmm. suppose in the uh, her character in the film, and she's um she lives in a cabin by a mine. Yeah, and and this guy Joe kind of runs the mine, and mm-hmm. she has this sort of adoptive ridiculously over-the-top Native American uh, <laughs> mother who smokes, like, a corncob pipe.
0: But it's not a mother. It's it's her, it's, like, it's the person there to raise her who smokes yeah. a corncob pipe, of course. So she's living... Because, in, because, because we need clear indicators of class. Yes, and she's Very living this, clear.
1: you know, Mickey's living this sort of, like, shoeless, you know... Tomboy. Yeah, tomboy existence, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, meanwhile, and here's a sort of, like, this, the That's parallel strapping story, those, right?
0: Those, that strap and those little butt cheeks. Mm. Okay, go on. So, uh, <laughs> you are distracting sometimes. I'm distracted. I'm still distracted by, by her. Oh, uh, okay. I, so, like I have a crush on her. What the hell?
1: Okay. Um, but so this parallel story is happening. We give to understand that um, that there was this other option for her being raised in mm-hmm. Long Island, in Great Neck, Long Island, by the, by these rich folks. Right. Um, and so we cut over to the rich folks who might have raised her, who are some, somehow related to her distantly. Yeah. Um... And they're living in a mansion, um, but it's clear that their money is running out. Mm-hmm. They're on the last of their money. And so the mother of this mansion is trying to sort of um, get her daughter to marry this um, good guy who's also wealthy. Right. right? And so we understand that that's the proposition. And so we cut back to the mining camp and, and the patriarch Joe of the mining camp – writes a letter and gets a letter back can you please um, take Mickey in right and I, I think I've, I've come to the my wits end in terms of raising her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and the and and the people back on Long Island think, oh well, she's attached to this mine. There's going to be some money, money here. Yes.
0: So cool he, de-
1: he delivers, you know, Joe delivers Mickey to to the to the rich folks mm-hmm. who, who he thinks is the rich folks, and and says, oh, thank you for raising her. By the way, the mine is totally broke. And the look on their face, like, oh no, our <laughs> options are out. So it's a real Cinderella story. She's stuck. Out of her element um, in Great Neck, Long Island uh-huh. at this mansion but sort of working as a sort of like, you know, a servant now because the people who took her in do really see gets, her as a resource. It really gets
0: Charles Dickens as fuck right there.
1: Yeah, it's very convoluted but for some reason I don't mind how convoluted the I, story is.
0: I swear to God, I almost, watching that I almost didn't give a damn about the story. I, yeah. I really kind of lost track of the story after a while and yeah. I was just watching the physical comedy.
1: And especially her. She is just amazing. I mean, yes. Yeah, you're right. She's adorable and she's cute and all of that stuff that but stuff, she's but also she's- just a great talented actress Yeah. yeah So or she that's go ahead. Probably
0: a lot of it, frankly, because I'm always attracted to funny women. Like that's a yeah. big thing for me. So yeah, well, but she, too she's too bad they're just, not attracted to funny men. Well, yeah, when, <laughs> or, or three of them in one body. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's good. You know, by the good way, I don't know. You
1: thing. can go on with the plot. I don't. I, I, we might be telling too much because what happens is a lot of stuff. There's right. a
0: horse race. There's like a you know, there's right. like a, a, a reversal of fortune. Every, like every good Dickens novel, I think everyone ends up rich in the end, right?
1: Oh, except the people that who shouldn't be. Of course, they're just <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was not, uh, not,
0: not, not like fabulous, like writing or anything no. like that. Not the script was you know what it what, what it
1: is. No, but it also like any like good um, comedy in the silent era. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, somebody's hanging out a window like yeah. every ten minutes, or falling over <laughs> falling a roof, it, or <laughs> falling onto a horse from something. Yeah, like yeah, right. right. a tea biscuit. Yeah. And there's a lot of you know borrowing from Shakespeare. I think in terms of like the overhearing of stuff. It's like only Ralph Furley from Three's Company has overheard <laughs> this
0: many things like through a wall. But but there's a I lot. i to point of, out he used much of the same acting technique, just the eyes. Hmm? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess he does have the kind of Norm. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Norma Desmond. Uh, uh,
0: De- no, hold on.
1: Uh, Norma Desmond. That's yeah. Sunset Boulevard. You're Actually, I dope. want to
0: get to that point. There's there's a really there's really an interesting sort of a connection on that one. Yeah. Which is when they came up with M- the name Mabel because Norman. because uh, ma- yeah, Mabel Norman is her yeah. name, but apparently one of her whatever. Uh, like a co-conspirator in movie making at some point was yeah. also last named Desmond, and so when they came up with the name for for Sunset Boulevard, they, yeah. they took like a, a they conjoined those two names. Yeah, came up with Norman Desmond.
1: Now that. you said you were going to say something interesting. Are you yes. going to? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that was it right oh, there. So I'm going to want
0: you to go back there, my friend. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. You can fast forward to this if you need yeah, to. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the- <laughs> Fast forward to the part where they, like, no, Tom, get off of him. Quit choking the shit out of him, please. Mabel, I don't know who would be doing that. I don't know that, who would be saying that, yeah. But.
1: Mabel Norman, of All course. All you hear is,
0: ah. <laughs> <and me going, laughs>
1: Lois um, Weber um, had, a, had a fall off, which we should say, in, mm-hmm. in that men just took over. They took over yeah. her work, they took over her parts of the studio, so forth. Uh Mabel Norman it was a bit of a bit different case because she had personal tragedy and it's one of those things where it's like it's like the Ingrid Bergman thing where, you know, she she what had this affair been? with uh, um uh R- R- that the Italian Russelini, director, yeah, and she became you know pregnant out of wedlock as right. And so she had to just disappear into Europe for a few years and no one you know, people took Ten years to forgive her for the crime of having a child, all this sort of stuff, and I think uh, God, we were such cocksuckers. <laughs> we just were. Mabel Norman had the same sort of thing. She had this affair with this this um, troubled sort of um, a guy who was troubled with the law. Basically, he got in a lot of trouble, and then we're thinking, what's that?
0: We're talking Fatty. Mm,
1: no, no, Fatty Arbuckle.
0: Yeah, okay. No, she didn't. She, oh, go, she okay. worked with him. Go on. But yeah, Fatty no, Arbuckle okay. had
1: his own... T- no, no, I'm talking a little bit later in the 20s. Okay. Uh, Mabel Norman all of a sudden fell off because she had this affair with this guy who was trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then, as she was coming back and she had the support from Mary Pickford and she was going to make her big comeback, she, um, she got tuberculosis. Yeah, she,
0: well, I think it was... Uh, from what I read, it was a recurrence of tuberculosis. So okay. she had had it and had gone into remission. And then it came out and then killed her. And she died at the, the the very tender age of, what, 37 years old? Something
1: like that. Yeah. And she's, yeah, so she's such so an amazing so there's a, there's talent. A,
0: there's a Hendrix question that, that sort of hangs over her a little bit. Like, what yeah. could she have done? You know, In the meantime, like, you know. Hendrix,
1: she, I always picture the, like, getting into synthesizers <laughs> in the and and <laughs> forsaking the guitar. So in a way... <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for his family, but for rock and roll, I'm kind of glad he died when he did. (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's a certain truth to that because look at Clapton. Okay, anyway, yeah. Oh my God, tears in heaven, tears on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's this whole (laughs) God, (laughs) yeah, God. Anyone want to guess where we come down on this particular question? Mm -hmm. Um, But 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 there's this thing where like this this super impactful woman, like she. Like as you were pointing out, she not only was was herself a great comedic person. Yeah, she introduced the world to a couple of the greatest, like Fatty Arbuckle and Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, right? like she yeah. appeared in. Like, again, we were talking earlier about like how these things came in different formats. Like there yep. were just tons of shorts that they would do, and then the occasional long movie. You know, the occasional yeah. full length feature yeah. movie as well. But she but she wasn't like 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 two hundred shorts with with Arbuckle alone. I think. You yeah. Know? Who was uh, who was now somebody? I'm going to go back and study because I haven't had a chance. I really haven't done that.
1: Before, I know so. more about his horrible sort of ending. I
0: know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that uh, coke that, bottle r- ending. That ridiculous tragedy. Yeah, that we'll, over... we'll talk about some other time. I guess. Oh, let's do it, man. God damn it. Yeah, that's so upsetting.
1: Well, I, so I mean, I'd like to do you know. Not, not a lot, but I'd like to do some <coughs> more silent films in the future.
0: Absolutely, and I and you know who I really have never seen is Buster Keaton. Yeah, I think I think for me I'd, I'd be I know. Uh, uh, wow, well, get it out, Tom. Like a key probably a Buster Keaton, and maybe maybe a Fatty Arbuckle. I'd like to do some some of him too. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what like I to guess do him as well.
1: One of the things you're getting with this podcast is guys, two guys who really love films and who are learned in some ways, but also completely ignorant about others, and we're sort of learning along the way because yeah. we
0: love milk. We love movies. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, cinema is what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, it's not, we're not just jacking off to movies we love. Although we do that quite a bit. <laughs> okay. Let's be honest.
1: All right. So, this is, I think we give a, um, a thumbs up, generally speaking, to Where Are My Children, a very mm-hmm. sort of dramatic, melodramatic film. Yes. And then also a thumbs up, a high thumbs up high for thumbs Mickey. Up
0: to Mickey. Mickey is, like I said, it's Mickey is a joy to watch. You can just watch good physical comedy, which it just doesn't appear in movies anymore. Yeah. And it had to be physical comedy because it just didn't have words. Yeah. Them. So, that ah, was great. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're the Finleys on film. We love movies. We love to argue. Uh, We love each other.
0: And we love to take the piss out of each other.
1: Mm, So long, folks.
0: Adios.